Today is the eighth day of the octave of Easter Sunday, this eight-day celebration of the resurrection. Every single day this week has been like Easter Sunday. Uh, it's Easter Sunday, Easter Monday, Easter Tuesday, etc. Till today, this eighth day, the fulfillment of the octave, which we celebrate today, the, the Feast of Divine Mercy. We have this image in the niche on the, on the right here of um, Jesus and these two beams of light coming from his heart, uh, which is an image that was seen by St. Faustina, and um, along with a lot of revelations of Jesus' mercy and his desire to give his mercy to the world. We get the chaplet of divine mercy from this um, revelation, this, this devotion, to ask for God's mercy to transform us, to transform the world, um, especially through this mystery of the heart of Jesus, which is the heart of God. Jesus is the Son of God. His human heart, his sacred heart, is the pierced heart of God. And from that wound, from Jesus' side, comes these, on the, in the crucifixion, these two streams of water, or of liquid, the blood and the water, which symbolize the Eucharist and baptism, these two sacraments, these two mysteries that wash away our sins and restore us to new life. It's our participation in the resurrection. It's through these mysteries that flow out of the wounded, pierced heart of God. There's kind of a, a misunderstanding a lot of times. Or mercy is such a, a huge mystery that we, we tend to domesticate it or, or resolve the paradox and to make it something less than what it actually is. A lot of times we think of mercy as simply like letting it go. You know, like a merciful person is one who just you know what, what you did was fine, it's all good. Uh, it's sort of like a form of indifference. So imagine if Jesus had come into the upper room after the crucifixion and after all the apostles said that they would stay close to him and they all ran away except John and Peter said, no, I'll, I'll die with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. And sure enough, Peter denies him three times. This is the first time they're seeing Jesus after he's risen from the dead. They see the empty tomb, they... Um, you know, heard these stories from Mary Magdalene that she saw the Lord, and maybe there's some fear in them. Like, is he going to hold me accountable for the things I said but didn't follow through on? Or, you know, am I, uh, are me and Jesus cool? And uh, he comes into the, into the upper room where the, the doors are locked, it says, for fear of the Jews. They're still scared they're going to get crucified for any association with Jesus. And he comes into the, into the room, and his first words are, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then he shows them the marks in his hands and his side, these wounds. Um, mercy is not indifference. It's not like Jesus is just saying, like, it's fine, guys. I didn't expect that much of you anyway, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just act like it didn't happen. No, in fact, Jesus feels our sins, our betrayals, those empty places in our lives where there should have been kindness and loyalty and faithfulness and truth, and instead there are lies and pettiness and laziness and greed. He feels those things very acutely, more than we do, because he sees your potential. He sees my potential. He sees who you could be, who he made you to be, and our sins are that falling short. Um, he doesn't feel the pain as if it's like something that irritates him or, or disappoints him, like we, we are a burden to him or something like that, but he feels this this ache of this desire to give us more. Um, that's his mercy, is that his response to our sin is to open his heart, to pour out into those empty places, into that darkness in our lives, light 
and life. So mercy is like this mystery we can only understand if we contemplate the heart of Jesus. Our attempts at mercy are always going to be some form of indifference, saying like letting people off the hook or, or saying it doesn't really matter to us. Only the heart of Jesus has all of it, the pain, the sorrow, but also the, the kindness, the warmth, the restoration. Have you ever experienced that? The mercy of God. Not simply the indifference of like hoping that it doesn't really matter to God. Maybe, maybe I can get away with you know, not fulfilling my purpose, not becoming a saint because God's nice and he's not going to really care anyway. No, have you ever really faced your, your weakness, your shame, those things in your life that you just wish you could undo or wish didn't happen to you, those places of deep woundedness and fear, the things you hide from everyone, maybe even including yourself, that you were given the Holy Spirit to have the courage to maybe face, maybe in confession or just with a, a close confidant or even just in the silence of prayer, to open up your heart in these places and to feel and experience this light coming from the heart of God, that he loves you, that he wants more for you, and that he's willing to die to give it to you. Have you ever experienced that? I hope you have, but I'll bet you that even if you have experienced God's mercy, there's still a resistance in your heart to give mercy. I know there is for me, to be a merciful person, you know, to those who have wounded you, to those who have betrayed or abandoned you. There's this resistance to give that mercy because Boy, if I just let, if I'm like Jesus and I just let everybody off the hook, you know, you can pierce me, you can crucify me, you can do whatever you want. I forgive you. I'm merciful. That sounds miserable. Am I just dragging my cross around and nobody cares? Who could do that? Only if we have this utter confidence in the mercy of Christ can we allow others to wound us because there's someone who can heal those wounds someone for whom those wounds really matter. I can't let others be cruel to me unless I have someone who knows and is always with me, who is always kind to me, always loves me no matter what. Only then can I have this confidence to be a merciful person. Only then can I love with the heart of Jesus. On our own, we human beings, we can't be merciful. We can be indifferent. We can be nice. But we can't be merciful the way God is merciful. This great scene when Jesus gives the apostles the Holy Spirit, he breathes on them and says, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. This is how he wants his mercy to be spread in the world, is through the apostles, through these emissaries of his mercy who are given the ministry of the forgiveness of sins, which we still have today in the priesthood, through the confession of sins and reconciliation, absolution, the sacrament of penance, that's Jesus' divine mercy spread in the church into the, into the life of the world through his body. He gives it to the apostles. But Thomas isn't there. It's this, this sad scene where Thomas comes back, and who knows where he was, but uh, they say, we've seen the Lord, and he's understandably a little irritated. And he says, unless I see the nail marks, put my finger in the marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. 
It says very explicitly in John that Jesus showed the apostles his wounds, but it doesn't say that the apostles told Thomas about the wounds. Presumably, maybe they did, but there is this fixation in Thomas's heart and his mind on the wounds of Jesus. That's how I'll know it's him, is that I'll see the wounds, I'll touch them, I'll even put my hand inside his side. It's like he wants to be one with the wounds. He knows intuitively that Jesus' wounds are the way into his heart, the way into his mercy. And how radical is this? That when Jesus comes into the room again, this time Thomas is there, he comes right to Thomas. He says, Thomas, see the marks. Put your hand into my side. He welcomes Thomas into his wounds. What What do you do with your wounds? I know what I do is that those places where I feel shame, regret, deep hurt, those are the places that are most sensitive, most tender, most invisible to everyone else, but painfully visible to me. I don't let anyone near them or even close to near them. We have all sorts of defense mechanisms and coping around our woundedness in order to keep others away, in order to keep that pain at bay. But Jesus welcomes Thomas, and he says, it's like he, he wants to show his wounds. He wants Thomas. He knows that this, this is the place where he can hide. And Thomas makes this radical declaration of faith. He says, my Lord and my God. It's even better than Peter. Peter at Simon, uh, Caesarea Philippi said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, you're Peter. On this rock, I'll build my church. Thomas is the first one that says, he doesn't say, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. He says, you are God. I'm standing in the presence of God. I'm touching the heart of God. And his doubt turns into faith. His his fear turns into confidence. He's experienced the mercy of God. He knows that God has come close to him and hides nothing from him. This vulnerability on the part of God, that's what heals the hardness of our hearts. The fear of letting anyone near our woundedness is that Jesus comes to us in his woundedness. And his wounds are not a source of fear or or anger or sadness. They're a source of love. They're an infinite wellspring of light and life. Jesus says this enigmatic thing to Thomas after his, my Lord and my God, he says, have you believed because you've seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And I've always kind of taken that as maybe like a little bit of a cut at Thomas. It kind of spoils the scene. because They're having this intimate moment. And Jesus says, it would be even better if you believed and hadn't seen. You know? But I imagine John writes this, this saying, not for Thomas, but for us. It's not a condemnation of Thomas. It's a blessing on you and I. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That we aren't in that room 2,000 years ago. We weren't there to see the risen Christ the way these 12 men were, or 11 men. We didn't get to literally put our hand into his wounded side. But blessed are we who have not seen and yet believe. Because we are there. At this altar in the Eucharist. Jesus gave those apostles not just the ministry of the sacrament of penance, but the Eucharist. In that same room, this is my body which will be given up for you. This is my blood which will be shed for you. Do this in memory of me. He gives us his body, his blood. 
which is the sacrament of his mercy. We come into this chapel, which is 2,000 years removed from that place and many, many miles, and yet we still hear the same words, peace be with you and with your spirit. And we receive the same gift of the Holy Spirit. We, we have access to the same sacred heart. He opens his, himself up again to us in every age, in every place. Blessed are we who have not seen and yet believe. And so it's in this vulnerability of God, in this hole in his heart that streams with his love, that's where the hardness of our heart, our woundedness is healed, and we, res- we are restored, and we can become merciful ourselves.